on this week's show. An instant impact to help his side win the Kent Senior Trophy. We hear from Sheppey United super sub Michael Hagen. As a substitute, if you're coming onto the pitch and not making an impact, you're doing something wrong. You've got to change the dynamic of the game. Thankfully, it's worked in my favour this time. Upbeat despite trophy final defeat, Hollands and Blairbuff Scott Porter gives us his thoughts on the game. I can't fault you, lads, you know. To, you know, look where they were when we took over. To get to a cup final would be hugely disappointed. Uh, just shows that how far we've come. A step closer to survival, Whitstable manager Andy Drury is confident that his side can get over the line. We've got structure, we've got organisation, we've got desire, team spirit and the boys are grafting. So I can't really ask for anything more. And planning for next season after a good first campaign up, Michael Golding tells us about Corinthians' recruitment plans. We've never hidden away from that fact is that people, we're happy for people to use us as a stepping stone and, and we encourage players to go and make those moves if we think it's the right move or if the player thinks it's the right move. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cullingham Plumbing and Heating. And to be honest, after the week I've had, I wish I was close enough to take advantage of Nick's services. And we've got four interviews for you to enjoy this week. After a busy weekend, we have more ups and downs across the county as things really heat up ahead of the Easter programme. I'm John Phipps, who thanks to a silly gif on my bookmaker's Twitter feed, packed the winner of the Grand National at 66 to 1. Another one now is a man who I assume now has shares in his dentist. Uh, Matt Gerard, how are you? And more importantly, did the whole family survive last week's rations? We won't be doing that again. <laughs> because, well, we, we, it wasn't real planned, but we were pretty, yeah, it wasn't a very good day, really, because we just sort of by about six o'clock, we were sort of like, mm, we're hungry. So you couldn't go to the cupboard to pick your normal things out. So it was a good idea, but we'd have to plan it a bit better. If you put £10 in, all of us, you could probably have a nice meal, but all going a little bit separately was bad. Isn't, and isn't it GIF rather than GIF? I don't know what it is. I, I, I thought, I've always you thought it was... 61, did you? Yeah, I've always What's thought it was it? GIF, but I think the kids call it GIF. Um, oh. I don't know. But... How much you put on it? Did you just decide to go for it because of his name? Well, basically, every, every year, so Paddy Power, uh, other bookmakers are available, do a thing where they flash by the names of all the horses in like a, in one of these video screen grabs. Oh, yeah. And they just tell you to stop it. And whatever it stops on, you that that's your horse. And I've done it the last five years or so. And I've won loads on it. <laughs> uh, I, I had a 66 to 1 come second or third a couple of years ago. And and I just thought, so every year, I just thought, oh, well, stick it on. Why not? And uh, so I did it on Saturday morning, stopped it. On, I can't remember what it was called, was it Noble Yates? Was that what it was called? Yeah, stops on that, put a pound each way on it, 66 to 1, lovely jubbly. Now I wish I'd put a 10 pound each way on it, but you know, you're always wise after the event, aren't you? Well, my um, sister in law, uh, surname is Noble, and if I'd have known, I'd have probably thought about that because I always look to see if there's any kids' names or Matthew or etc. And there wasn't. But if I looked at the thing, I might have put it on there as it's it's their surname. So uh, yeah, well, well done you. What are you going to spend your 66 pound on, or what have you spent your 66 pound on? Just put it in my bank in my in my bank account. I don't know. Just day to day living. I'm going to make sure that I don't have to live on two pound fifty. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's good. But it, you probably could do it. But he's got to be more prepared. And it wasn't. It, I, I'd been to the dentist. I wasn't in a good mood. So it was just a, it wasn't the best day to do it either. Really. Was the <laughs> no, dog involved in this, or, or, or did was she allowed no, to have no, her normal food? She could have her normal um, stuff. She. She eats quite well because we don't put we don't buy pedigree chum. She gets nice food, so um, oh. but she probably misses out because of course the kids always feed her as well, and they probably wouldn't fed her what we had last week. So you know, it's a good thing to do, and we got the, the value of money, etc. But I didn't think um, it, it, it planned it particularly well. Yeah, 
Okay, so the work to be done then is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so and of course we've we've had a, we've got um somebody staying over for one of our daughter's friends tonight, so they had a takeaway and we've had a takeaway. So bang, bang goes the two pound fifty thing after we spanked all our money on them um, takeaways this evening. So there you go. And as your daughter's friend aware that you have, have have had to sort of excuse yourself now to do to take part in a podcast about non-league football. Uh, they're all upstairs and I'm staying downstairs. So um. Uh, so occasionally the, the dog will bark thinking who's this person in the house even though she's been here three hours um, <laughs> it's a bit confused so I'm just down here watching Bayern Munich against Villarreal in the other room so well they've got to be up till goodness knows they've got loads of snacks so uh, but there, so, there you go okay. it's our 211th episode this week and 211 is a helpline in America set up in 2000 to offer help to people for any number of issues. At the moment, it seems needing food and wanting help with paying the bills of the majority of the 20 million calls they receive each year. Very topical. Uh, there's also a film, 211, released in 2018 starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, according to the reviews, though, it is terrible. Uh, plenty of reviews cited on its Wikipedia page. But my favourite is this snippet from Glenn Kenny of RogerEbert.com, who gave it one out of four and described it as... A cavalcade of crap, loud crap. So let's hope our 211th episode is deemed better than a cavalcade of crap. Hey? I did see Nicholas Cage. He's got a film coming out, which is he's playing himself. If you can do that, it's he's been advertised. So basically, he's playing himself. He gets kidnapped in a film, and it's like one of these things, and he has to fight off the the bad guys as himself rather than a character. I think that they call that jumping the shark, don't they? That yeah, sounds yeah, terrible. I think, that, I think that's what it'll be. Yeah. So. But yeah, it was advertised. I kind of, well, he's won an Oscar. So he was probably quite a good actor in the day, but I think a bit like Liam Neeson, you know, they get pigeonholed as being sort of tough guys and all their previous career when they were quite good is all basically gone. You know, I don't tend to watch a lot of films, to be honest. I don't know why. I just never really have the time or the, or the, the, the gumption to, to do it. But I, I don't fancy Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage, if I'm no, honest. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's probably got, it was on those other people in, you know, the, Jason Statham or something like that. They're all these sort of films, isn't it? Which are a bit naff after a while. Yeah, I know. So I, I can't be bothered with all this action and uh, no, not for yeah. me. Anyway, let's go on with the show and let's start with the Kent Senior Trophy final. Almost 1,200 people headed to the Gallagher Stadium to see if Sheffield United could retain the trophy that they won back in February. The first half was a pretty poor affair, but after the break, it was properly entertaining. Hollands and Blair took the lead through Jack Simon's free kick, but Sheppy hit back to win it. Dean Grant scoring the winner three minutes from time. Both sides ended what was a pretty tetchy affair with 10 men uh, and Blair sub Ricky Freeman was sent off from the bench in the first half before it even got on. After apparently making a homophobic comment towards Ike's defender Jamal Howlett Mundell, which is not cool. Uh, but in the end, Sheffield United retained their trophy. Uh, a team effort, of course. But how about this for an impact? Michael Hagen came off the bench and with his very first touch, fired in the leveller from a free kick. I spoke to him after the game. I've got a knack for these kind of things. Um, yeah, no. Always happy to get on the score sheet, and you know, especially in a cup final. Um, just happy for not only myself, but the boys, the team, the club. Yeah, it's just elation. It's just, oh yeah, I'm very happy, mate. Very happy. You walk on the pitch, there's a free kick right on the edge of the D. The captain's standing over it. Did you just say to him, I'm scoring this? To be honest, um, a similar thing happened Wednesday. Um, I'm on the pitch, and management are shouted across, You're having it. So you go over to free kick, first touch in the cup final, and you've got to tell Skipper, Gaffer wants me to have this. It <laughs> just looks to me as if I was mad. Um, but yeah, you know, you, when you're called upon, you, you have to take your chance. Um, I've said it time and time again, you know, as a substitute, if you're coming onto the pitch and not making an impact, you're doing something wrong. You've got to change the dynamic of the game. 
thankfully. It's worked in my favour this time. And, and you got hold of it, it was a great hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was saying to the boys after the game, um, it's very similar to the goal I scored on Wednesday. As soon as you leave, it leaves your boot. You know it's goldwood. You know it's you know it's going. You have a feeling, and then as soon as it hit that net, you just, yeah, the place erupted. It was a crucial time in the game as well because you were one 0 down, and, and they played really, really well, Holland's a bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think they're they're always going to and always will be a difficult team to play against. Um, I thought the manager Scott set the boys up well um, and made it very hard for us to break down. Um, and then you know sometimes you need that one decisive moment to open up the game, and thankfully, yeah. Came my way, and, and even after that, even after you scored, they, they still had some chances. Then right at the end, a, a little bit of quality again, and, and it was the other side we set it up, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was um, cup football. You, know, <laughs> you can't write it, you can't predict it. Nothing's ever won on paper, especially in finals. Um, there's always going to be chances, no matter how you set up. It's, it's going to come, um, and you know, we as a team were patient, and again. When that chance came, Grant is there, stick it in the back of the net, and off went the celebrations. How much does it mean to all to, to, to win the cup again so quickly after winning it two months ago? Everything. You know, this isn't just the team like, or a squad. You know, there's so, such a togetherness throughout. You know, the whole of the first team, the youth team, and players coming up. You know, there's a, there's a real unity around the club, um, like nothing really I've I've been at. Um, and you know you can see it with the fans as well we're all we're all one and so when you win a cup you win as one uh, two trophies in the bag already another two up for grabs uh, the league title race is in your hands so I guess you yep. now know what you've got to do going ahead and I guess probably your biggest game is going to be against Sons and Blair again this Saturday yeah and, and they're just going to be just as hard again to play against every game for us for the remainder of the season is a cup final we know that as a squad you know, we, we go and we tip these games off and it's then roll into the next game another cup final you know when you're pushing for the league teams are going to want to be that one team that says you know we beat Sheppey or we made Sheppey drop points and so we've got to be on it every game which we know we do and which we're trying to be you said earlier on about when you come on as a sub you, you've got to make an impact and everything what's it like because you've been on the bench a lot you know when you come on and, and you must be desperate that you can nail down the starting place of course yeah Look, you know I've, I've said it in, in past interviews and past conversations you know no player likes to start on the bench but you know it's a team game football isn't a game won by individuals you know you've got to be patient wait your moment there's no point moaning and throwing toys out the pram it's just if you've got that belief in yourself go and express it when you get a chance and so that's it's what I've been a firm believer of is just bide your time wait be patient and when you're given an opportunity to go on the pitch give it everything you've got how far do you think this team and, and this club can go? I mean, obviously you've got to the next level and, and you're going to be in the Eastman League next season, which is going to be a completely different challenge, I'm sure. But do you feel you're, the club's prepared to really push on? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, you look at this, the setup alone. I mean, we turn up to training, we turn up to games, and, you know, things, everything's set out for us. Not, not just, you know, it's behind the scenes as well. I mean, everyone, the bar staff... You know, people that do the food after the games, the fans, 
the whole club itself it's it's beautiful it's, it's amazing I love it and good team spirit in there as well and, and you, say, you say about the girls we can hear them there yeah exactly you know you must it must just be a, a, a great a great thing to be part of and, and you know this season's been fantastic yeah. Hasn't it? yeah it has yeah and as I said earlier you know we're not just the team like everyone you can see out there everyone fights for one another um, it's important when you want to push and win titles regardless if it's cups or leagues you know nothing can be won by individuals because there's going to be a come there's going to come a point in a game at some point of the season where you've all got to be there for one another and get through hard games we've had we've had instances like that you know we had a cup match i think it was a cup match earlier in the season against dill town and we scraped that and got through it 2-1 because we were a team together. You know, this team, it doesn't give up. It doesn't give up. And we've seen that countless times. The win at home against Chatham, the free-all draw against Glebe. When we beat Glebe away from home 2-1, you know, we, we never give up. And that's the main thing in football. Yeah, and just finally, uh, 1,100 people in here today to, to, to see your free kick. Um, a lot of them Sheppard United supporters. What, what's your message to the fans? I love you. Simple and short and simple. I love them. Um, they've followed us in numbers everywhere we've gone. And their support means everything. Not just me. It means everything to the players in there. You know, They follow us. They praise us. They, they sing our names. Even when we're losing, they're still raring us on. And at that level, at this level of football, to have that sort of support, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of players who play at Step Five won't, won't have people singing their names. No, of course, of course, and that's why you know it's. I feel so lucky and privileged to be part of this team and have you know people cheering you on because it does you know sometimes feel like that 12th man when they're urging you on. You can hear them clapping and you know trying to get you up for a game. And I, it's just I'm so grateful for for the fans to to you know. Celebrate that win with us. So you for them to the league trophy and, and then yeah. up, don't you? Exactly, and that's what's coming our way. You know, we've we, I've said it again. They're all the remaining games are cup finals. So let's go and get them. Well, that's how you introduce yourself in a cup final, Matt. And, and he spoke very well there. I thought a, a tough gig for him. He's, he's he's often on the bench, but all you can do, as I said to him there, is make an impact. And and you can't make much more of an impact than he did on Sunday. I'm one of these people who are on the when he sees us come on a sub and he takes the free kick. So he's got to be warmed up. He's got to be warmed up. But then he's pinged it in the top corner, and clearly he's got um, pedigree for that because he's done it before in his previous game. So overall, John, you said the first half wasn't um, a particularly good game, but Sheppy, just that extra bit of confidence you felt when they got the equaliser, they would go on and win. I think so. Yeah, I think you always kind of thought once they'd once they got one, they'd go on and get a second. But Hollands and Blair really, really impressed with them. We'll, we'll hear, we'll discuss them more shortly. But I was really, really impressed with them, and, and they almost. Uh, took it to penalties with the last kick of the game when when Simon, the goal scorer, caught this volley absolutely beautifully uh, from the edge of the area. And it was going in the top corner until Adam Malloy stuck a hand out and tapped it over the, tipped it over the top. Absolutely fantastic save. And you could see the confidence in Sheppard United that they didn't panic even when they were behind. And it probably helped the game a lot that it was Hans and Blair who scored first. I think that that set it up quite nicely. But it really was end-to-end stuff in there. There was plenty of challenges flying in and, and controversy and, and, as I say, two red cards at the end. So it was funny because I was sat with uh, Luke Cordell from the, uh, from the KM during the game. We sat in the press box together. And the first half, he was, like, struggling to write anything in his report. And then afterwards, he was like, just stop it now because there was so much going on in the second half. He, d- he didn't know what was going on. So uh, it was it was, it was was a really good second half of, of, of football. And, uh, you know, Sheppard United, they're still on for the quadruple now. And, and they had real good support on the day. I'd say 
well more than half of the supporters were, were, were from Sheppey and, and they made some great noise, especially in the second half when they were up behind the uh, up behind the goal to, to the right, the big stand at the Gallagher. Uh, and Helgo Roma, the suspended player, was even leading the, the chorus on the drums. So, you know, they, they really do have that togetherness at Sheppey United. And I think that's that's what's got them as far as they've got. And, and as Michael says there, they ain't done yet, are they? No, well, no, it's, it's been an unbelievable season for them, isn't it? Um, we thought they could probably do it over the last couple of years, but, you know, COVID expected it. But they've carried on relentless. And again, what we've seen before, if you're in a habit of winning football matches, it just happens for teams. And you've got that, you know, there probably was no panic. One nil down, even with 15 to go before they got that equaliser. Um, and they go from there. And I'm pleased for them. And it sounds like it was a real credit for the scaffold. What a good league that is, John. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was nice to see uh, plenty of people there enjoying it. I mean, that's a, that's a good crowd for that. And everyone at the Kent FA seemed really, really chuffed um, as well. And, and you know, obviously next year, it's going to be different, isn't it? Because the two bit biggest supported teams aren't going to be in that division. And, and that's all I'm saying to me. You know, if this game had been, and I don't mean any disrespect, but if it's been Glebe against Hollands and Blair, I don't think there'd have been 1,100 people there. It yeah. still would have been an entertaining game. But you wouldn't have got those numbers through the gate. So it, it does kind of show how, how lucky uh, the Southern Counties East League and, and we've been this season to, to have had what's played out. Yeah, I think that the Scaffold will miss these two sides when they go up with the support they get. Um, and the other teams will miss them as well. But as we said last week, it's going to make it a real open field next year. And teams like Hollands and Blair could be one of the sides who can um, capitalise on that. Yeah, absolutely. They more than played their part in that second period. Uh, and as you're about to hear, they can take plenty of heart from their efforts. Uh, last week's interviewee, Luke Exel, picked up two late yellow cards. Uh, I did get to see him after the game. Understandably, he was gutted, but, uh, you know, still managed to speak to me for for a few seconds. Uh, our next interviewee wasn't uh, over the moon either. So here he is. Let's hear from him now. It's Hans and Blair Scott Porter. Yeah, we knew it was going to be hard there. You know, they're not at the top of the league or get promoted for any other reason than where they are. We knew they liked possession football, and we knew we had to be at the races. And uh, I thought we, I thought we was. I thought we, we worked hard. But two mistakes cost us two goals. At, 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 you know, a free kick which could have been dealt with. Steve Smith lost the ball on the halfway line and put it back in their 18-yard box for them to go on attack. So two, two mistakes. It's cost us. Uh, and I'm afraid that at this level in big games, you get punished for it. And uh, we did, and I thought we had enough chances to, to especially when we went one nil up. We had a couple of in and around the box, and uh, yeah, like I say, I think the fitness showed a little bit as well. You know, uh, I've had a couple of players on there who haven't featured for a little while, coming back from injury, and maybe this is yeah uh, took its toll at the end there. But I can't fault the lads. You know, to, you know, look where they were when we took over to get to a cup final, be hugely disappointed. Uh, just shows that how far we've come. First half was probably far from a classic, but you, you stayed in the game, and then the second half was was so entertaining and a great free kick to give you the lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you want to in these big games, you want to go in at half time, you know, still in the tie, especially when you're the underdogs and they're you know their favourites. So it was important. We changed the shape after 15 minutes as well because it was getting overrun a little bit, uh, which worked, and we frustrated them, and you could see that today. We, you know, we. I think one. I think their manager said to one of our players, "It's the toughest game they've had all season." So that shows, shows us. But he doesn't pick the trophy up for us. So disappointed in not winning, uh, picking the trophy up. But uh, yeah, immensely proud of the boys. 
but yeah, just just a little bit too far, really. You said you've come a long way in a, in a short period of time, so I guess this gives you a lot to, to build on. Yeah, I said to the boys, these are the days we want to be involved with next season, do you know what I mean? So, uh, so hopefully it'll be an experience for them, but like I say, two mistakes has cost us where they didn't really open us up as such like I thought they would do or they probably thought they would do as well we thought we defended well So some challenges flying in as well from, from, from both sides I, I guess the referee had to, had to be strong throughout He wasn't strong though was he? Come on let's be honest known the bloke 20 years and big, too big a game for him too big a game for him no respect for players nothing two decisions was you know not a sending off on that pitch today not a sending off and like I say he's not good enough at this level simple as that uh, you've got the chance on, on Saturday to, to go and play Sheppey again. Uh, I'm guessing you'll be bang up for it and, and a chance to dent their title hopes. Yeah, like I say, well, you know, I said to the boys in there, we've got three games left. I want to finish as high as we can. Uh, we want to finish eighth now, really. I think that's realistic where we want to be. Uh, and when I come in, that was the goal we set, get to a cup final and finish in the top ten. So, yeah, we, I don't, it won't filter out. I won't, I won't let that happen. So, uh, yeah, we'll go there and try and turn it around. But like I say, today was a big one for us. Uh, it's safe to say he wasn't impressed with the referee, but I, I think he was fairly impressed with, with his team's effort. And there's a lot more to come from them, Matt. Yeah, I, to be honest, looking at it beforehand, I, I fancied Sheppy if they'd, you know, got an early goal, it could have been a, you know, a, a different picture of the game. But as we know, he's a decent manager at this level. Um, clearly, he's got the players working in the right direction. Could have been a different thing and they could have caused a bit of an upset in the competition. but. Once again, I think he, he'll be quite happy. Wanting to make sure we end the season well, finish in the top eight, and then have a real go for it next season. So um, I'm sure they'll be able to invest in players. I think Scott, you know, he's got a lot of contacts in the game. Um, I, I think he'll be pleased when he's come in. They got to a cup final and, and been pretty competitive in the league as well. So he's on his way now, but now they've got to move it on to next season. Yeah, and but I mean, before that, they've got a few games this weekend, including. A return clash at Sheppey this weekend, and, and I get the feeling they wouldn't mind, you know, putting a real dent in Sheppey's title hopes. And I think you could probably say that this is the toughest game Sheppey have got left in the league. It, it could be a cracker. Well, I, I, yeah, I'm sure Scott will be telling, them, and the players will be hurting from the game at the weekend. And they thought they felt maybe they felt they deserved something from it because you mentioned that chance in the final minute that they could have done it, and it will be a tough one for for Sheppey on that. Um, and Sheppey in the. Uh, pole position to win the league as well, but Chatham will be hoping they could drop a few points and I'm sure Hollands and Blair feel they can, let's let's prove it again. We've done it in one game. Let's see if we can do it again and and spoil the uh, the championship party. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and a few lads that I know play for Hollands and Blair as well, as well as Luke, a couple of ex-Ramsgate players in Joe Kane and, and Tom Loins and I had a great time covering that Ramsgate team and it was really nice actually that they both made a point of coming over to me and saying hello as they were leaving the pitch, even though they were they were obviously pretty gutted. So uh, it was nice to see them. Uh, and, I, and I hope that Hollands and Blair, you know, they can build on it. And Scott Porter won this or got promoted from this league a couple of years or a few years ago with Whitstable. And if he's got the resources and they're getting a 3G pitch uh, at Hollands and Blair as well, there's no reason why they can't be among the challengers next year. No, I can see why not. I can't. They've probably got it, you know, defensively, you mentioned, they're not too bad. One of the lowest scorers at the top half of the division. So they've got to try and maybe get a goal scorer from somewhere because we know that can be the difference in this division. So, but yeah, but again, it's a decent season for them. Scott Porter, an experienced manager, knows how to win competitions, has managed at a high level with a great deal of success. So 
I think they'd be heading in the right direction. Yes, in the league at the weekend, Chatham secured their promotion in some style on Saturday. A 10-1 win over Everton Belvedere. Uh, Hat-tricks were both Jack Evans, his seventh of the season from midfield, and Dan Bradshaw in that one. Although Sheppard do still have the advantage, so I bet either of those two players probably wishes that one of those goals had gone in at Punjab instead uh, last week rather than on Saturday. It has been announced uh, since promotion today, in fact, that Cole Larriman is to leave the club, uh, having been an integral part of their, of their staff over the past well, this season and before that, uh, we can worry about what all that means another day because we, at the moment, let's focus, Matt, on the achievement of Chatham this season. A, a well-deserved promotion for them. Yeah, you, you look at the goal scorers in that. Bradshaw with a hat-trick, Evans, Hayes, the squad they've got. Um, fantastic gate as well, over 800 there. Um, going in the right direction again. You, you, know, you talk about what they're going to do next season. Will they get a new manager in? Carl Aramis, you know, he'd known to Kent Football. He was academy coach at Dover for a number of years I think an assistant to John Ryan at Dover so it seemed to be that he hasn't left the game maybe he's going to go to another job interesting where you see where Chatham go now will they get um, a manager um, uh, who's maybe managed at a high level and taken the position from there but they've, they've had a fantastic season it must be difficult they've got some big egos in that squad have got players who you know, have done a lot in the game so I'm not big egos is probably not the wrong word but Dealing with the dressing room with some, you know, some real characters in there. They come out on top. 10-1 against Erith and Erith are a decent side at this level. So really put them to the sword. So great position for them and interesting times for them. But again, we've met Kevin before. Great work off the field again. I think if you do the work off the field, um, people will come. And if you get a successful team, people will come. So, yeah, I think uh, good times heading for them. And I, I'm still convinced that both sides... Sheppey and uh, Chatham will do very well next season in the uh, in the Eastman South East Division. Yeah, I, th- I, I think so. And I kind of said to Kev Haight when, when we spoke to him last week, show, you know, what's going to happen next season. Uh, are you still going to be in charge or is someone going to come in? And, and I think this news of Carl Araman's departure suggests someone is coming in. But I, I think that they did the right thing in the summer. Chatham, when, when obviously they lost Scott Lindsay quite close to the start of the season. And, and Kev Haight said, well, I don't want to bring someone in who's going to mess up what the work that we've done here. And we want to sort of carry on with the philosophy that Scott's built. But I think they've now said and looked at it and, and perhaps thought going forward, they, they're going to need to change things. Some players may move on. Some players may not be able to commit to playing at, at the next level up because there is a significant amount more travelling in the Isthmian League. And I wonder, you know, some of these players might not be able to do it. And, and the same goes for Sheppard United as well. And, and, it will be interesting to see how that sort of plans out and, and, and where it goes. But Chatham, much like Sheppey, have done it the right way. That They've built up the stadium. They've built up the squad. Uh, they've got a big fan base and they will be a threat next season. There's absolutely no doubt about it, whoever's in charge. And they've been waiting for this chance to get back into this level of football and to be in the South East Division because they've been in the North Division before as well. And uh, I'm sure that there'll be mass excitement when the season kicks off. Uh, in August for for everyone at Chatham Town. Well, you think, you know, a gate of 820-odd, you know, Gillingham were at home as well, shows the real potential in there. Again, people watch a winning, entertaining team. So, yeah, plenty of potential. Again, I'm really looking forward to next next season in the Skeppel should be good. And I think in the Isthmian League, it's going to be just as good as well. So, yeah, Kent football is in in a real healthy position at the moment. It's good to see. I think, look, for me, John, probably the healthiest it's been since we've been doing this pod, would you say? 
I think so. Yeah, I think you know, there's there's a lot of teams who who are in who are in really good positions. You know, and we've seen teams going going really well this this season, and and there are lots of good people involved in these clubs. And yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I really like to see that. Yeah, well, I, I think that's that's what probably the big thing that comes out of doing this pod is the amount of people involved who want to do it for the love of the game and the love of their team. And there's a lot of people out there and those people are being rewarded at the moment. So good luck to them. Yes, yeah, so everything Belvedere Party Company with their managers Marlon Patterson and Danny Murphy in the wake of that defeat on Saturday at Chatham. Uh, Luke Rooney placed an interim charge. Co-chairman Adrian D said the pair have been absolutely great and good servants. Uh, with the Deers in the top six, it would seem to me that maybe there's a little bit more to this decision than just that result. Uh, everything Belvedere probably want to have a really good go at it next season, I'm sure. Uh, and maybe making that change now will give them the chance to hit the ground running, Matt? Yeah, yeah. We had a, we had a guy on a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, on the show? Yeah, we've had them both on during the course yeah. of the season. But yeah, we had Danny yeah. on a, a, a couple, uh, uh, or a month okay. or so ago. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he seems, again, planning for next season and what they can do. Everybody seems to be happy that Chatham and Sheffield are out. I suppose a 10-1 defeat, it, it's, it's not the greatest. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, when you look at it from that way. And maybe the chairman thought, well, you know, well, if got the chairman, you know, saw the result, maybe, maybe not panic, but maybe there is something more to it than that, John. And, Maybe that was the icing on the cake that finished it off. Yeah, so we shall see what happens. Luke Rooney in charge until the end of the season, and who knows who will be in charge there uh, come August. That's something to discuss next season. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, Beerstead and Fisher drew 2-2. Dilltown 3-0 winners over Lordswood. Irithtown and K-Sports drew one all. Glebe 4-0 winners at Homesdale. Kennington beat Russell 2-0. Punjab United came from behind to beat Tower Hamlets 2-1. And a quiet one for Tunbridge Wells. 7-0 winners over Canterbury City. Four of those goals from Matt Gething. You mentioned the goal scorers. It- how many, who is the leading goal scorer in the, um, the Premier League? Who do you think? Bradshaw. Bradshaw, of course it is. Uh, oh. So the top scorers, uh, Dan Bradshaw has got 44. Yeah. Jamie Philpott has got 33. Matt Gething has got 27. Yeah. Uh, Warren Mafula has got 26, but he's only played 21 games. Oh. Uh, Jack Evans has got 25. And uh, Danny Lear has got 20 from 22. So six players in that division have scored more than 20 goals this or 20 or more goals this season. That's not bad going, is it? Well, I mentioned that getting from Tumbridge. Tumbridge Wells, Tumbridge Wells, I know the greatest season, but every week he seems to score. So I don't know much about him or old years or anything like that, but maybe he could be key for Tumbridge Wells next season as well. So um, they've got a goal scorer in their hands. As, you know, you know, in this division, there is, there is goals to be had. So if you're a finisher, you can, do well. So I'll be, I'm, I'm keeping an eye out for Matt Gething because uh, he seems to score every week and in a struggling team, 27 goals is, is, is not bad going. Yes, Canterbury did bounce back from that fit. Got a point on Monday, drew 1-1 at Wellingtown uh, while Glee beat K-Sports 2-0. New men in the dugout at K-Sports as well uh, with brothers George and Ian Batten, sons of Sheppy boss Ernie, taking over from Barry Morgan. Interesting appointment that one. We, we, we saw uh, a few weeks ago that, that K-Sports were, were in a bit of trouble. They said they'd lost one of their main backers. Um, and now, obviously, they, they've had a, a change at the top. And, and I'm guessing that they're hoping that's going to lead to a, a brighter future. Yeah, I think that will be the case. I've read the article that the case sports had a new manager, but it didn't click that uh, um, Ernie Batten, they were his, his, um, he's the father of the two managers. So interesting. And I think I'm led to believe, John, there'll be an Easter party with the uh, Battens on Sunday as well, Monday as well. Yes, the, I'm, I'm calling it the, the Battle of the Battens. Yeah, yes. That'll be interesting. If they're going to eat, 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 have an Easter lunch together, isn't it? Will you, will you be 
trying to pick each other's brains on that. So uh, yeah, interesting. So Sheffy don't want to lose any points as well. And I'm sure Ernie Batten doesn't want to lose to his sons either. So interesting times there. But yeah, K-Sports, again, we said about the backing, uh, they've had issues from there. Um, I'm sure that was, they weren't involved with Sheppy these two before, were they, do you know? Uh, Ian certainly w- was a, a player at Sheppey the last few yeah. years. Uh, he, he was a big part of their team a couple of seasons back. Um, so I, I guess he's there. And well, he was there. They, they, were there on Saturday, they were there on Sunday watching the cup final. And, and yeah. you know, I think they are still, you know, they have been very much close friends of the club, as you would be, um, yeah. because obviously their dad's the manager and, and it's a big part of, of, of their family life. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's inter- interesting to see how it's going to go um, for them. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's a wise appointment because... I'm, I'm guessing Sheppey United promoted if they want to send out some of their young players on loan next season, yeah. I can probably wait, hazard a guess where quite a few of them may end up. Yeah, well, exactly. Benefit for both parties. So um, um, we'll keep an eye on that. And good luck. To, good luck in the, uh, the baton, the baton battle of the batons. Go on. Can't say that too, Ralph. No, you can't. Uh, Irith and Belvedere host Irith Town on Friday. Then on Saturday, uh, Beerstead against Tunbridge Wells. Canterbury at home to Kennington. Deal Town meet Punjab United. Homestale head to Fisher. Glebe host Crowborough. Lords would take on K-Sports. Rustall host Chatham. Sheffield United have a rematch with Hollands and Blair. And then on Monday, 12 o'clock kickoff, Tunbridge Wells against Rustall. And then at 3pm, Chatham against Deal. Beerstead go to Crowborough. It's Irith Town against Glebe. Hollands and Blair at home to Canterbury. That game being played at Lordswood uh, as work has started on the 3G pitch at Hollands and Blair. Homesdale meet Irith and Belvedere, Kennington against Lordwoods. As we've just said, the Battens do battle as K-Sports host Sheppey. Uh, Punjab United meet Wellingtown and it's Tower Hamlets against Fisher in that division. Uh, let's stay at step five and the champagne is almost ready to be popped at Beckenham. Uh, promotion could be secured while we're recording this if Rains Park Vale slip up at Cobham. Uh, but if not, the Becks can do the job themselves on Wednesday night when they travel to Redhill. Basically, they need three points uh, from their remaining games. So do you know what, Matt? I think we'll call it and we'll say congratulations to Beckenham. Yep, fantastic. Um, they went into the other league. Did they want to go in there? Probably a right time to go into it. Looking at what the scaffold, they will go again. We, you think they'll go to the north though, John, don't we? South Central, please. South Central, sorry. South Central, well. well game, why can't they go into the southeast? How long's a piece of string? Um, I think it doesn't make any sense to me. But it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I suppose it will be because of their access to the M25. They'll be closer to a lot of the teams uh, that are in that division because there's a lot of teams from Surrey who they've been playing against that this season. That sort of level, uh, all around that sort of M25 corridor. But if you look at it from a purely Kent point of view, I don't understand how Chichester can be in the same division as all of our teams, as they will be next season in the Eastman League South East, when all of our teams will have to drive past Beckenham virtually to get to Chichester, to yeah. get to Littlehampton, if Littlehampton come up, you know, Whitehawk and places like that. I know it's difficult and, and I know there are teams elsewhere in the country who get, who get properly stiffed by all of this, but I, I feel sorry for Beckenham who've, who've gone and done everything that's been asked in the Combined Counties League and now just because they've been in the Combined Counties League, may end up in a division that they didn't want to be in. And, and you know, it's it's extra travelling, it's extra commitment. Um, and I, I guess that's the only thing you'd sort of put a dampener on, on what has been a, a fantastic season for them. I remember we spoke to uh, the assistant manager right at the start of the season. He said, we only want to be there one season. And uh, all bar the shouting, that's exactly what they've done. Yeah, and they've had a few issues with why I think in that division, which, you know, with certain games not being played, it made the division look a little bit, disjointed but they've got in there 
hopefully done it should finish the job off and, and go from there and I presume the, the club doesn't really matter for them hopefully financially it works out whatever league they go in doing that thing and, and again they'll try and be successful from there so playing in that level of football they'll be absolutely delighted with that Yes, it's, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be tonight. Rains Park Vale, 2-0 uh, up uh, in that game at Cobham. I'm um, just looking at the... I'm actually just watching a video of the second goal uh, scored by Jake Gallagher, uh, set up by Jordan Gallagher. Uh, the manager is also a Gallagher, and they're all the brothers of Connor Gallagher. So uh, you can probably imagine that they're, yeah. they're quite handy, uh, Rains Park Vale. But uh, Beckenham, as you say, they, uh, they have the chance uh, to, to secure their promotion uh, on Wednesday night when they face Redhill. If not, they've got Guildford City at home uh, on Saturday. And then on Monday, they actually travel uh, to play Reigns Park Vale. So even if they haven't won either of those games, a point there uh, would surely do the job for them. Talking of preemptive promotions, uh, Stansfeld on the brink of their spot in the Scaffold Premier Division, uh, needing just one point from their final four games to be confirmed as winners of Division One. Uh, one of those final four games is right now. They're playing Larkfield and New Hythe. Uh, but after Sutton Athletics 4-0 loss at Lewisham on Monday, it's surely only fair, Matt, we also congratulate Stansfield on getting over the line too. Uh, they'll surely get the weekend then the result they need over the weekend, even if they don't tonight. It's currently nil-nil uh, in that game. But with their FA Vars run as well, it's been a phenomenal season for Stansfield. Oh, very, very much so. And that, that maybe will they again another side show they can compete in sides in the um, in the Vars higher than them? Um, will they be a threat next season in the scaffold? Um, from what we've spoken to their uh, management team, I think they think they've got a chance of being so. So another be a real another b- b- boost and benefit to the the scaffold division. And delighted with them, they've just been on a real a really good run recently, winning football matches. Um, yeah, fantastic. I don't think you could have asked for any more from them. Really, the, where did they get to? Really, just that last six, last sixteen was it for the um, the yep. Vars and winning the division? Absolutely fantastic season for them. Yes, it certainly has been. Uh, lots of action, as always, in Division 1. But aside from the total rest, the standard result came for Greenways, who were 8-0 winners over bottom of the table, Chessington and Hook. 75 goals scored, 79 goals conceded uh, for Greenways this season. 154 goals in total in their 35 league games so far. An average of 4.4 goals per game. Stunning. Although slightly fewer than Sutton Athletic, actually. They've had 158 in their games. They've scored a lot more, though. At 4.51 goals per game in Sutton Athletic fixtures. Uh, they will be in the playoffs, incidentally. Uh, and other teams can join them in booking their places over the weekend. Check out all the fixtures on the Scaffold website. Uh, let's move on then to the other game I saw at the weekend, which featured a team who, unlike Stansfield, Sutton and everybody else, definitely don't want to be in the Scaffold Premier Division next season. Uh, Whitsville Town still bottom of the table, but they edged a point closer to those above them after a 1-1 draw at Corinthian. Both of the goals were in the first nine minutes. And to be honest, that was really as good as it got. Uh, after the game, I spoke to both managers. First up, let's hear from Oysterman boss Andy Drury. I started by asking if it was a point gained or two dropped for his side. Um, no, I think in the grand scheme of it all, I think point gained. Um... Uh, it's under a bit of pressure without Danny some really having any saves. Um, I think we had the better of the chances. Fairly even game, but we've had two hard hard games. We've got six points from two games and coming here, a difficult team, decent outfit, organised. So, um, Point gained, I'd say, with the results that have gone gone on today, so point gained. That's what's one of those things, isn't it? Every point could be crucial as you head into the business end of the season. Yeah, I looked at it before today and it was four points, so... You know, that point today might be the difference. You just don't know. Um, definitely a point game. All we've done, I think, at the moment, you know, we was eight points adrift when I took over. So now three points 
Um, we've given ourselves a real chance when we were pretty much dead and buried. Um, so full credit to the boys for that. Yeah, I mean, three games unbeaten, three games in a week. It, 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 that's just building something, isn't it? And, and you yeah. can only go up the league if, if you're getting results. And uh, they were tough games as well, believe me. I'm out there playing in them. Um, Tuesday night was tough. A good Chichester team. Today was tough. Big pitch, decent outfit. Um, they are here. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a tough week, but we've got seven points from nine games and we're taking that. When you came into the job, what was the brief? Was it to try and get out of it? Um, I wouldn't have taken the job if I didn't believe that we had the players to get us out of it. Um, I believed it. I told them I believed it. And, um, Do you still believe it? I still believe it. Um, we've got a way of playing that I've set them up with. We've got structure, we've got organisation, we've got desire, team spirit. Um, and the boys are grafting for me. So um, I can't really ask for anything more. Something to come into as well in your sort of first stab at being a manager. Was it something in you just really wanted to have a go at it? I've been preparing for the last three, four years of what I wanted to do. Um, I've been out watching games, I've been studying. Um, a lot of people probably tell you <laughs> I've got a decent football brain. I, I've been studying, I've, I've seen what people do, I've learnt from managers that have managed in the Premier League for years, Mick McCarthy, John Megrick, Gregory. Um, so I, I believe that I was ready for it, um, probably a year ago, but um, it's that timing in football. And obviously you had that spell with Danny Kebwell at Cray, didn't you? So I guess it was all just gearing up towards have, having a, a job like this. Yeah, I think it's just all, all learning and the good and the bad. Uh, like I say, I, I probably learned more from Tuesday night in a 1-0 win than, than I did against Whitehall when we went 3-0. <coughs> um, so it's about learning, but it's about learning in the right way. And what was it about Whitstall that, that brought you in? It's, it's potentially a big club, isn't it? Yeah, I think they've got a core of good players as well. Um, the board board want the club to go places. It's got decent crowd. It's, it's a friendly, family friendly club as well. It's it's all geared up really to <clears throat> to have a go in the league. It's just a case of us trying to stay in this league really, instead of going down and not wasting a year, but um, just trying to stay in this league and go again next year. And I guess the, the big thing is, is you're not thinking about it. But if you were to go down, it's, it could be a tough league to get out of the, the Southern Counties East League. Yeah, I'm not even <clears throat> not even crossed my mind really that we'll go down. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not even thinking about it. If it happens, to be honest, I'm I'm here to keep the keep the club in the league. We're doing a good job. We've we've closed the gap from eight points now to three points um, in four games. So we've got another three games to go. And if I think we can win, get seven points out of them, I think we start. Uh, two big games n- next weekend over Easter starting off with Faversham a local derby so yeah. I guess everyone will be looking forward to that yeah definitely hopefully it'll be, be a good crowd there as well um, we'll be up for it as always um, and we'll look to get three points from it and you're enjoying it obviously still the heartbeat of the team in midfield as well what's it like as a player manager like you know, you know do you let other people take control of things and, and just you focus on your game? Um, no, I mean, I've got good staff behind me. George, the goalkeeping coach. Hards is normally there. He wasn't there today. So, um, Strevin, Ben Strevens, the ex East manager, coming to help me um, today, which is good for the lads to learn from him as well. And he made some good points um, before the game and half-time. So, I've got good people around me. Um, I make the decisions, but they're, they're always making sure everything's right. And, and just finally, if, if you stay up, I guess you'll be a, a very, very happy man. Yeah, very happy indeed. <laughs> well, there's no doubt in his confidence that they're going to stay up, is there, Matt? It's, it's going to be tough, but he's plenty of belief going into their final three games of the season. I think he's done a decent job there because they couldn't buy a win before he came in. Um, it's 
been a really disappointing season. He's brought in a few players. He's put himself in the midfield um, and ground out those two good good home wins and a draw against Corinthian. Corinthian, you know, it's been been good, very good season for them in the first season of it. They've still got a chance to get out of it. He's very seems very confident, and I, and I like what he said about that. Getting Ben Strevens in to be his assistant manager, he's very unlucky. He loses his job at Eastleigh, so shows what good contacts he's got in the game. And if they can stay up with the ball, I think they've got a, a good manager with Andy Drury. And as he said, he's been waiting for this moment for the last couple of seasons to go and get a job. Um, learning from the manager he's learnt from, um, it would have been very easy for him. He's had a good footballing career to just sort of step away. But once it's in, once it's in your blood and what you want, he, he he's clearly got there. And, I thought it was a good, good, honest interview with him there, saying not even thinking about next season. So what, he knows what they've got to do in these remaining games to try and stay up. And if they if they repeat what he's done in his last three, um, picking up seven points, um, the next three, he may well just do it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're tough games, obviously. Two local derbies, Faversham at home, Ramsgate away, and then the final game of the season, Lansing. I mean, that genuinely could be a winner stays up. Uh, so the pressure is going to be on Whitstable, uh, but they've, you know, they've got some good support. People will get behind them, uh, especially in those two home games. And if they can win those two and, and just nick something at Ramsgate, then he he obviously is confident that seven points will be enough. And I think if they were to end the season with 14 points from their last six games and, and still go down, no one could criticise Andy Drury in the slightest for that because they've, they've been on a good run. They've, they've, as he kind of said, they've brought themselves back into it. And that's all they needed to do. And, I guess the only frustration, and, and we'll hear a little bit about this uh, to come, is I think they could have won that on Saturday. I, I think there were a couple of chances, a couple of times where they could have just gambled uh, and, and gone for it. I mean, they've got some good players. Um, the, the, the front two are both quite handy. Um, and, you know, they've got experience at the back and, and obviously Drury himself in midfield. There's a lot to like about Whitstable. And I think if they've been playing as they are now all season, they wouldn't be in this trouble that they're in. But the fact of the matter is they are in trouble and they've got three games to save themselves. Do you think they were maybe um, scared to lose the game? With it? You think the, they thought a point was going to be enough? Possibly, yeah. I think I think that they, they, they possibly did think a point. But I, I sort of came back to a moment when Whitsville got a corner quite late on and, and we were stood actually by the corner flag where it came in and it was a good delivery. Uh, plenty of people challenged for it at the... At the in the six-yard box, and the ball's dropped back down. It's virtually landed on the penalty spot, and not a single Whitswell player had, had just held back and waited. Uh, if, if, if a Whitswell player had held back and waited on the edge of the box, they'd have had a brilliant shooting opportunity. But as it was, Corinthian were able to get back and clear. And I think that was, you know, that was possibly the moment there when you thought, oh, they could have maybe, they could have maybe just just nicked it there. Um, but you know, they 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 did what what they could, and as he said there, you know, tough place to go. Um, I, I thought it was interesting when he said, you know, big pitch, so quite exhausting for his players. And I'm sure uh, they've had, they will have had two good training sessions before they get into that game with Faversham on Saturday. Yeah, a couple of big games. You won't need to lift the players from that. You know, Faversham, Ramsgate, big games. Ramsgate have a bit of a bubble at the moment. They can still get in the playoffs. So Faversham, I'm sure the Faversham fans will think nothing better than relegating their local rivals um, from there. But, I, I can see Andy Drury. Yeah, I, I like the talk of his jib, of what he wanted. Just focus on where we can. Play to your strengths. Um, football's not rocket science. If you play to your strengths, you've got a chance of winning. And he's given them a chance, which I, 
which is all we can ask for in those positions. Like, clearly, when he came in, was it a surprise when he, when the previous manager went? Probably not, but quite surprised that Andy Jury had gone. But he's say he's had a good non-league career, worked with a lot of managers, and if he can call on somebody like Ben Strevens to help him out, you know he, he he's well connected in the game. Yes, uh, elsewhere at the weekend, three other Kent teams uh, in this relegation picture. Phoenix Sports beaten at East Grinstead, uh, but higher than Seven Oaks both did their own hopes. The power of good with wins. Uh, the Cannons 2-0 at fellow strugglers Whitehawk and Oaks beat playoff hopefuls Cray Valley PM 3-0, uh, which is a fantastic result uh, for them. And, and, and they, Seven Oaks, are now pretty much safe. It is opening, it is tightening up a little bit now and uh, we'll come to the fixtures later on. But this weekend... It's on uh, on Saturday. It's Phoenix Sports against Lansing, and and if you're Whitstable, I've got no idea what outcome you want from that because <laughs> the bottom of that table is so very very tight. Uh, but it is also it's tight between four or five teams now, as opposed to seven or eight as it was a couple of weeks ago. So uh, it's, it's it's a tough one, and, and I think there's going to be twists and turns to come. Yeah, I presume again you just want to draw in that game, don't you? Really, and um, Lansing, you probably don't want a Lansing win. From that, but I have to say, credit to you know Seven Oaks. When did Mickey Mickey Collins leave? End of February, something like that. Yeah. Their recent form, I think they've won three on the spin. Um, that's a, the manager coming in, a bit of controversy, but he's done a hell of a job to get Seven Oaks where they are because um, you know really good set of results from there. So shows what you can do. Change your manager, you've got a chance. You can do it. A brave decision, but it's worked out for them. And Seven Oaks again, another side next season. Um, could be a chance they've got a bit of a success as well. They'll be thinking next season could be a good one for them if the way they're ending this season. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in contrast to the season struggle for Whitstable, it's been a fine first campaign after promotion for Corinthian, who sit eighth in the table. I, of course, spoke to a friend of the show, school teacher, football manager and part-time bloody comedian Michael Golding. I started by asking him about the entertainment that we'd all watched. Uh, no, apologies for having to watch that for 92 minutes or 93 minutes, whatever it was. I think they came for a point. Um, the pattern of the game, last 20 minutes, I think they probably could have gone on and scored a winner. Um, and maybe they've missed out on a couple of points today. We, we, we didn't perform um, second home game in a row, Burgess Hill, and then today we, we, we flattered to deceive. We didn't do enough. Um, but yeah, d- disappointed from us, and I think they'll go away. And it, and it is a good point for them. It keeps them up there. They're fighting uh, a relegation fight alive, but they possibly could have had another couple. How hard is it for you? I mean, you've had a brilliant season. You're, you're what, eighth, ninth in the league, something like that. And, and you're at this stage of the season now where things are winding down, but I guess there's some pride in you. You, you want to win games of football, so you must be frustrated not to win today. Yeah, absolutely. Like we, We've set the boys' targets and one of the targets is, was to win the last four games and it, it's good in a way that we, we were still within a, a very outside slim chance. We weren't going to get in the playoffs, but we were still mathematically had that chance and that was keeping training buzzing and the season alive to a degree. But we had Whitsball today who were bottom and they're fighting for their lives, so there was something on today's game. We've got Phoenix at home on Bank Holiday Monday, they're in the bottom too, so there's something on that game. Hayward Teeth next week. So although we haven't got anything to play for now, there's games that we're involved with are still good games of football games with something on I wouldn't say good games of football but games with something on the match so we have to be at it and, and we can't rest on our laurels and we can't not turn up because otherwise as we found out in this league a few times you, do, you get beat if you don't turn up I suppose there's, there's pride as well for your players because you've got a good close-knit group here haven't you 
Absolutely, um, and we don't want to lose games, and particularly at home, we don't want anyone to come down here and, and beat us. And and when we go away, and we've been the complete underdogs this year, a bit of an unknown. Um, and like you say, we've had a very very good season, and we've we've fallen short. We wanted to get in the playoffs, and it was probably a, a, a bit of a wild dream. But that that's what we said. We've we've won a lot of games over the last few years, and, and we set the boys the target of getting in the playoffs. And I think to finish in the top eight would be very very good. Um, so that's now the new target: is how can we get into the top eight, and can we try and close that gap a little bit? If I offered you top eight at the start of the season you just snapped me hand off wouldn't you? Yeah I think so I, I think I listened to Ben's interview the other week when he said no about being the champions and I completely agree like if I'd said to the boys we want to finish in the top eight like that's not enough for them to, to go through the running and the working hard in training like the objective was to get in the playoffs and, and we knew that was going to be incredibly, incredibly tough there's some massive teams in this division so for us to be competing which we have done for the most part um, we've had a couple of blips where we haven't turned up and I think that's the difference between step four and step five is that we could turn up in step five and get away with a bad performance and still win. Whereas you come to this level and you don't turn up and you will get beat regardless of who you're playing, whether they're the top, middle or the bottom. It's interesting because we talk to people who are in the, the, the scaffold and they say any of the top six in that division could comfortably be in this division. Now you've been here for a year, do you, do you still think that's the case? I was one of those. I looked at it and no disrespect, and I know Darren's spoken about this from Sittingbourne, and we used to look to the likes of Sittingbourne and a few of the other sides, East Greenses, and thought, you know what, we, we could be better than those. But I think what you've got is the players are better, they're a bit fitter, they read the game better, and there's no one, you don't get away with hiding any players at step four. Everyone's an athlete, everyone can play a little bit as well, regardless of formations and styles of play everyone can play a little bit so having now seen it for a year it's a lot better than what I thought it was and a lot better than what I gave it credit for um, there's still some poor teams and there's still some really good teams and, and that's just the nature of the beast and that's from Premier League all the way down um, but it's certainly a better standard across the board and you have to be on it and if, like I said if you're, if you're not on it and you don't play to your levels you will get turned over Recruitment, obviously, I suppose you start looking ahead to next season. Obviously, with your uh, budgetary restraints, um, it, it must be really hard for you because you're going to be competing against teams and you may lose some of your own players as well. So, I, I guess you're in a difficult situation and there must be a lot of planning already going on for next season. Yeah, we, we've started to look loosely at it. I think with with the lingering prospects of an outside playoff shot, we've we've gone as strong as we can the last few games and we've had some good results. And like I say, the last two home games have been poor results. Um, but we got half an eye on a few players from from various steps that we're, we're hoping that we can attract and entice to come over um, but at the same time we're fully expecting that a couple possibly will move on this summer and I think next year is going to be incredibly tough for us as, us as a club we've done like we said a few times incredibly well this year I think next year is going to be a very different story and we will still set out to get into the playoffs or we'll set out to win the league but I think next year is going to be a very very tough division I suppose in some ways as well when you do lose players to, to other clubs, that, that kind of gives you a, a boost in, in a roundabout way because you can use that to say to players, come and play for us at this level, we'll put you in the shop window a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that's what Corinthian is. and We've never hidden away from that fact is that people, we're happy for people to use us as a stepping stone and, and we encourage players to go and make those moves if we think it's the right move or if the player thinks it's the right move. And for, for different players, there's different moves. So people move sometimes for money and, and that's their personal circumstances dictate that. Others move because it's a step up the football ladder or a different club or a team that are challenging. And it's down to us and myself as the manager to guide the players to make those right decisions. And, and players, if they turn around in the summer and say that they're leaving, we're all friends here. Like, we'll, I'll help them with the right move. And it's not that we just cut them off completely. We still sp speak to players that have left this season. We still speak to players that will leave going forwards. And it's down to us to try and help them and educate them with what the right move is. Obviously, you've got what two games next weekend: Haywards Heath and, uh, and Phoenix Sports. And I guess you just want to give as good account yourself as you can, finish as high as you can. 
yeah, we want to win the loss, uh, the remaining three games. That's the target, is to put nine points on the board. Um, nothing changes. We wanted to win the last four. We haven't done that. Now can we stay unbeaten? Hayward Teeth turned it around with a new manager. So they were doing really well, but they've, they've gone on a really good run recently. They're pretty much secure in the playoffs now. So we'll go down there. We'll be, again, the underdogs and we'll, we'll put on a good performance, hopefully. And then Phoenix will come here fighting for their lives and, and there'll be something on that game. So we'll have to be absolutely at it. And we'll make changes playing Saturday, Monday is always a tough ask. Um, and also we'll start to look at players for next year and we'll start to maybe rejig things a little bit. But, but we'll be competitive and we're not going to disrespect anyone or disrespect the league. We're going to put out teams that we think can win. And regardless of whether we're playing top, middle or bottom, we, we always want to win every game. A job well done for them this season, Matt. But I think Michael's expecting it to be even more challenging for them next year. Yeah, um, again, if he can keep hold of his players, I think eighth where they are, they could drop down to tenth, but I think eight, top ten is a fantastic achievement for them. Um, so I, only saw, I saw them early in the season against Folkestone, they put a good show on from that. But again, 52 points, 35 games, won 14 games. Probably want to improve the home form, only won six at home, which is one of the lowest in the top t- part of the table. Yeah, but... Um, uh, he's not going to run before he can jump, I don't think, on this. He knows, you know, clearly with the lack of budget, he will be just trying to improve his players and see where they can go and try and bloody some noses next season. Maybe they can be successful at the top end of the table. It must be difficult, but I think he knows a lot more about himself and a lot more about this league since he's uh, been involved in it. So interesting times for them. But yeah, you've seen him a few times now, John. You've seen him grow into this this league this season? Absolutely. I mean, I've seen them, I think I've seen them three or four times this season, four times I've seen them now this year. I've I've never seen them lose, uh, incidentally. But um, yeah, they, if I compare them to how they were when I saw them last season uh, in the FA Cup at New Haven to when I saw them on Saturday, even though it was a poor game on Saturday, they they, they were streets ahead of where they were. And I thought, you know, it's really interesting. I could sit there and talk to Michael Golden about the game uh, for five, six minutes there and and put that in the show. But I, I I felt like we needed more than that. And I thought it was really interesting when he said, you know, I used to think oh, yeah, everyone in this level could, everyone in the scaffold, the top teams would find it easy in the Isthmian League. But he actually thinks, no, no, that's not the case. And his recruitment, as he says, is going to be tough because he can't offer the players any money. So he's obviously trying to find players who are at a lower level and saying to them, come and showcase what you can do at this level and, and, and see where you go from there. And, and I think that's a, a really interesting thing. And, and, you say about keeping players, I think he's going to struggle to keep hold of some of them. Um, if if clubs are going to come knocking um, for them for these players, and and some of them, it may be too big a draw for them to 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 sort of go. And and you know he's got a good spine of his team there, but if he loses some of those players, then it it might be a challenge for Corinthian. But I am quite sure, having seen them and having seen how they've progressed this season, that they will continue to impress and, and, and progress they, they may not finish eighth next season but I'm sure that Corinthian have got it within them to, to keep progressing and, and growing at this level and, and stabilizing and I think that's the most important thing for them now because you know second season syndrome is a thing they've had this first season where they, they've come up and they've been a little bit of an unknown quantity to play places but teams will know their strengths and weaknesses a little bit more next season they'll know how they like to play the game of football and I think that that will be an added challenge uh for, for corinthian next season and you know you've got teams who've got big budgets coming into the league uh, so corinthian know they can't compete f- for players w- with those so they've just got to kind of bide their time and, and and see what's out there and then 
you know, just bank on the fact that they've got that togetherness. And I think that'll be what will what will carry them high next season. And I think he, he, what he nicely said in that point as well, that um, he will look after the players if they go on to bigger and better things. He's always got his, his doors are always open for them to have a chat as well. So I think he, what he said in that, it's his role is not just necessarily as a football manager, but maybe as a mentor to some of these kids as well who are going through. And I'm sure he would nothing better if, if some of his players did go on and, and play at a higher level and shows what a good job they're doing down at Corinthian. Yeah, that's the best way to show. I, I, we kind of both laughed when I said, oh, it's a bit of a bonus for you when players go. But but I, I think he knew what I meant in terms of, you know, if you're a young player and, and you're a club a couple of levels below and you're not, or the level below and you're doing well and, and you're, you're not being paid where you are, you know, then you've got to come and look at it and think, well, I could go and play at a higher level and that could be an opportunity for me to get higher. Yeah, yeah I think... There's, as I know, from there's levels of football, there's some good players. And if you're coached and treated the right way, you've got a chance of making up the levels. And Corinthian are a kind of club that, you know, you'll be offered that opportunity, a good bit of coaching to develop you. And sometimes it's, there's more to life than money at this level of football if you, if you can get what you can do. Yes, elsewhere in that division, Sittingbourne well beaten at Burgess Hill at 4-1 on Saturday. Faversham held Hastings one wall, a draw which saw the visitors crowned as champions and promoted to the Eastman Premier League, so well done to them. A Herne Bay beat Chichester 1-0, a late goal from Aaron Milbank moving Bay back into the playoff places. Ashford, meanwhile, secured their own playoff berth with a 2-1 win at Lansing. Ramsgate's poor run continued as they lost one at home to Hayward Heath in Steve Lovell's first game in charge. And VCG Athletic beat three bridges 3-1. Uh, two games for everyone over the weekend, starting on Friday when Sittingbourne host Herne Bay. Uh, before on Saturday, Ashford are at home to Ramsgate. Cray Valley meet Burgess Hill. VCD travel to Hastings. Corinthian go to Hayward Heath. Hythe host Seven Oaks. Phoenix Sports take on the team above them in Lansing. And it's Whitsburg against Faversham, as we've already heard. Then on Monday, Corinthian at home to Phoenix. Faversham against Ashford. Herne Bay against Hythe. Ramsgate are at home to Whitstable. It's Seven Oaks against Sittingbourne and VCD are at home to Cray Valley. Uh, so lots of big games going on there Monday. But Matt, the biggest game on Monday comes at Prince's Park, surely, where National League South leaders Maidstone United are the visitors. As we speak, seven points is the gap between Hackenhay Rettins men and Dorking Wanderers, although the Surrey side have played a game fewer. They will make that game back up on Friday when the Stones don't play. But Dartford in third will be out to make things very uncomfortable for their Kent rivals on Monday, won't they? Yeah, uh, they've got a chance to... I think it's going to be tough. If if they don't beat Maidstone, uh, Maidstone aren't playing. If they can win on Friday, they're not going to win the league. 13 points off. It's going to be tough for um, Dartford. But they'll, they'll be trying to make sure that if it comes to it in the playoffs, they put down a marker. Of course, they did in the cup, but not necessarily in the league from there. And I'm sure Steve King will be hoping, right, we're unbeaten at home. Let's take some points off maybe the side that's going to win this division, seven points clear with five games to go. Um, will be a massive game, but I think it's um, a benchmark for either side season, really, because I know Mason aren't playing good Friday, are they? So Dorking go on the base, they could win both games and then D- Dartford beat Maidstone. Then your Maidstones will start worrying a little bit for the league. So massive weekend for the Conference South, I have to say. Um, who am I fancying? I've got a feeling that I think maybe Dartford could get something out of this game and it opens it all up again. Um, but could be what works in Maystone's um, thing. They haven't got a game on the, on the Friday, so maybe they go into the game a bit of a refresher. But be a cracking game, massive crowd. Uh, Maystone sold out all their allocation, so um, massive game. Could be, the, oh, so far, the, the biggest game in Kent non-league football this season, probably. 
Yes, absolutely. Mate, so in two on winners at Chippenham on Saturday when Dartford were held at home by Hemel Hempstead. Uh, Ebbsfleet came from behind to beat Welling 4-2 result, which leaves the wing still at the foot of the table, uh, while Tombo James drew 1-1 at Chelmsford. On Friday, Dartford travelled to second ball from Billericay. Welling are at Eastbourne Borough. Ebbsfleet host Dulwich Hamlet. Tombo James at home to Slough. And then on Monday, as well as the big derby clash, Ebbsfleet go to Concord Rangers. Tombo James travel to Dulwich. And Welling's run of fixtures doesn't get any easier they're at home to Dorking and Wellings running, Matt, is absolutely horrid. They've got Eastbourne and Dorking this weekend. Then they've got Haven and Hungerford, who are both placing, chasing the playoffs, before Maidstone visit. Yeah. Uh, they finished the season at Concord. But right now, I think I fear for Welling a little bit because even though it's only goal difference that's keeping them bottom, they've got to pick up a point from somewhere if they're going to move off the bottom. And you look at that run of fixtures, where's it going to come from? You're hoping that the Warren Feeney's got more time in the... Um on the training ground with, ground with them and this, but, you know, 1-0 up early against Stebsleep, but they seem to fell apart just before and after half-time. So, yeah, they've got to get something from there. It's not looking good for them. Their only hope is that Chelmsford and Billericay are in poor form as well. But all it needs, John, you know, your season can absolutely change. Even though they've got tough games over Easter, you pick up four, maybe, you know, if you're lucky, six points. It's a totally different complexion when we, we record this show next weekend. Um, and again, this is why this weekend, when you get to the end of the season, the Easter period is absolutely crucial for so many sides at so many levels. So, you know, you lose both of them and well in four games to go, could be six, seven points out and it could be difficult to chrome back. So massive week for so many clubs this weekend. I think it's an interesting one, actually, for Welling, because although they're obviously under pressure because they're bottom of the table, but I think they go to Eastbourne on Mon- on Friday Eastbourne are under pressure because they want to secure the playoff place. They're in great form. They host Dorking on on Monday. All the pressure on Monday is on Dorking because you know they are they're expected to win that game. And I guess that's the thing: it's the expectation. People will be expecting Eastbourne to win on Friday. They'll be expecting Dorking to win on Monday. So, in many ways, I suppose Warren Feezy's got an easy team talk because he says, "Well, no one's expecting to win here, lads. So let's go and 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 cause an upset." And I kind of thought when you were going on, on that last thread, I, I was expecting you to say it would only take one to go off in off someone's ass, and their whole season could, could yeah, change. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's all they've got to do is, is what they've got to do is a bit like we said about Hollands and Blair in the cup final. They've got to stay in the games. If they're in the, if they're in the game with five minutes to play in either of these games over the weekend, then something like that can happen. And then when you get that goal, that ramps the pressure up on the other team. And then, it makes life a little bit easier for you. So it is just all about keeping your cool. They took the lead on Saturday, obviously, against Ebbsfleet. Couldn't hold on to it and, and were pretty disappointing from what I understand. But they've just got to go there with the right mentality. Go there and, and not expect anything. But then that's when these strange results can happen. And at this time of season, strange results do happen. So let's just hope upon hope that one of them happens for Welling over the weekend. What my only concern is, well, they conceded a lot of goals, and that they? they conceded what, what 10 more than anybody else, I think, in the division. You know, you've got to keep a clean sheet to get something from a game. And have they got the concentration or the ability to do that against a couple of free scoring sides? I, you know, it's one of these things you, you hope that, like, as you say, stay in the game as long as you can. I think Warren Feeney will probably take a clean sheet because that shows you're building something there. That's first. Try try and be difficult to be to beat, um, and then you maybe get something within the game. But my concern is, you know, the amount of goals they're conceding more than you know, one two a game, isn't it? Which is, which is not good at this level. 
No, it's not. Uh, let's move on quickly to the National League. Uh, another disappointing result for Bromley in the league this weekend, beating 2-0 at home by Dagenham and Redbridge. It's now nine points between Bromley and the playoff places. They've got two games in hand, but this run of form is is it's just unbelievable. And I mean, even getting to the FA Trophy final hasn't given them that Philip uh, 11th in the table now. And you just worry that the league season is, is petering out for Bromley. Dover got to play Bromley before the end of the season. Well, they'll get three points then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. But if you're, I don't know where where it's all gone wrong for them, really, because they're in. They seem to be stuck on fifty-four points for a long time, and you know, five, six games ago, they had games in hand on the other sides around them. You think, oh, once they win them, they'll be back in it. But it's going to be tight for them to break down. I know they've got games in hand on the other sides, but they're going to have to gain nine points and other sides drop those points as well so would you for what I say interesting question I'll ask Andy Woodman when I'm there when I go and see him against Dover is if I don't if I take off your playoffs if I give you a playoff spot but you're not going to Wembley in the trophy would you have taken it what what do you think is more important for Bromley the league I suppose because they have invested wisely in it um, and heavily in it but it just hasn't really worked out for them. Um, it's the opposite of when he came in last season. Um, he sort of galvanised the squad at this time of the season. They won a big run. But this time of the season, it's gone the opposite way. So would he have been under pressure if they didn't have the trophy run? Because they were in the same sort of position as Neil Smith was, and Neil Smith lost his job. That's the, the million-dollar question. I suppose we'll never know. And, and they have back. Oh, no, 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 I'm not saying and, that. And, and I, I, I can see what the problem is for Bromley because they've got one of the best strikers in the league in Michael Cheek. They've scored 47 goals in yeah. 35 games. You know, and, and that's that, that's nowhere near what you would expect of them. I mean, Dover have scored 29 and Dover are absolute pony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's that's where, where the, the problem lies. And, and I don't know where that's come from and the goals have dried up that's that's been the, the, the big issue because and it's not for you know they've got lots of quality there so I just don't know it's just not clicking at the moment but we spoke to Luke Corson a couple of weeks ago and he said yeah we're still confident we're all still feeling good but something is is just and and again you kind of go back to what I said with Wedding they just need to get something from somewhere any body part will do yeah again with what with nine games to go Bromley have got a good enough squad to win seven out of that nine. Absolutely no doubt if it clicks again for them. Um, so it's just finding that little bit of luck and not winning since the end of January. I had them nailed on beginning of the year. They were going to get in the playoffs, but just hasn't got in for them. Again, you look at the table anyway in the National League, you think Stockport are going to win it and maybe probably Wrexham are going to come up from the playoffs anyway because the way they're playing... Um, do you try and hold something back for next season? Maybe some of these sides have from there. I'm not saying, but it's just, I don't know what's gone wrong for, for Bromley at all, really. It's just a, a real strange one. Um, and again, they've, they've had a great season, but it could have been so much better. They go to Eastley on Friday, then they're at home to Maidenhead uh, on Monday. Dover, meanwhile, lost again. Uh, last minute goal, wasn't it, for Maidenhead? Yeah. Enjoy yourself? Um, not really. <laughs> I've just I've seen they were, again you know it's the hope that kills you because I thought <laughs> they have lost so many games in in the last minute sometime in the season they'll win in the last minute but you know 
I've had I've been to what? How many games have Dover played? Thirty five, is it? I've probably been to what? Six you played. Maybe twenty eight of those games. And apart from the one game we actually won, I can't say I've enjoyed any of the games. You know? And I, and I've drove out the ground and I'm thinking, whoa. Just I don't know what. It's just a little bit you know. I just the season can't end quick enough. And everybody's been so kind, I say you always must be tough. It is. It's it's dreadful, you know. Um I don't know what else to say really. You think oh. Leave it nothing, there, then. Leave, just leave it there. That's fine. Okay, no, there you go. There's worse things in the world, but I'm driving out thinking, oh, some parts of me are falling out of love of football this season because there's been absolutely no enjoyment. And I'm thinking, well, what the hell am I doing? You know? At least you've got this, though, because this is fun. So. Yeah, this is fun. And to be honest, speaking, when you listen to the managers and the players, and clearly they've got a bit of enjoyment out of football and the love of football. <laughs> I have to say, I'm not in love. But, you know, all you need is a couple of wins and I'm back in love with it. But this season has been so bad, so bad. I knew it would be tough, but not this tough. And, it, and it's just, uh, you know, made mid score the last minute. Uh, it's just a shrug on his shoulders with everybody, which is not right, is it? No, it's not. And made it pretty terrible as well. You know, I'm not saying we're well beaters, but they weren't any good either. So, Well, maybe Bromley will beat them Monday. Uh, yeah, in the exactly. meantime. Well, they should do. If they turn up, they will do. <laughs> they, 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 they scored less away goals than we had made then. <laughs> dear. Oh, dear. Yeah, but do, no, bear, bear in now. mind though, bear in mind you did score five in one game away from home. Yeah. Still lost. Still. If they don't win this weekend, they've got it will be thirty games away from home if they don't get a result at um Bournemouth, which I'm not going yeah. to. So there you go. Uh, well earned day off. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bournemouth away on it. Friday. Uh, and then on Monday, uh Woking Ineff Young and all stroll into Crabble. And before we recorded this, I said, can you imagine, Matt, if Ineff Young scores an own goal uh, to get you to Lille Poit? And he said, we were debating, would that be his finest moment at Crabble? I'd still say the hat-trick. Uh, but I think Matt would take that uh, as one of his greatest moments. All we've got left to discuss uh, is the Isthmian League Premier Division, where it's, it's not looking great, to be honest. Folkestone, uh, at the weekend, they were held 2-2 by Corinthian Casuals. Uh, as things stand in the live table, they are seventh in the table because Chesson have gone above them, uh, winning their game in hand at the moment at Bognor Regis. They are 2-0 up, uh, starting to worry for them. The other three teams above them uh, have all secured their playoff places. Bishop Stortford, Hornchurch and Enfield uh, are, are there now by the looks of things. Um, so then it's just a matter of, of who's going to take that last place between Chesson, Lewis uh, and Folkestone and Victor. And Folkestone not in pole position at the moment. I read somewhere the other day, though, Matt, Bishop Stortford haven't conceded a goal in, like, months. It's about 13 games. Really? It's incredible. Yeah, it's some, I saw it on Twitter. Uh, Bishop Stortford, honestly, if you look at their results, which I will do right now uh, while we're doing this, they have not conceded a goal in absolutely ages. Uh, they've been on an incredible run. It's it's fired them up to to secure their playoff place. Uh, the last time Bishop, Bishop Stortford conceded a goal was on Saturday, February the fifth, in a three-three draw with Corinthian Casuals. Eleven games ago in the league, uh, yeah. they've they've won two six nils in that time. They've had some nil-nil draws, but they've that and that's what's got them in there. As you said about Welling, don't concede goals, you won't lose games of football, and that is exactly. What is happening for them? Margate drew nil-nil uh, with uh, Cole Shorten. Uh, I did say you'd find that hard to get motivated for that one, and, and it seems everybody found it hard to get motivated for that one. Uh, Cray Wanderers, though, 
at I home to Hornchurch, uh, they lost five nil, uh, which has left them in a in a little bit of strife at the bottom of the table. Just yeah. run through the table. Uh, Leatherhead, a bottom, thirty nine point uh, thirty nine games, thirty two points. Cray Wanderers, thirty nine games, thirty two points, three points deducted uh, for playing an eligible player early in the season. Merston are the team above them with 33 points and 39 games. East Thurrock United, who were looked dead and buried for a long time, 34 points from 39 games. And Brighton City Regent, 36 from 39, are probably the only teams left in this picture. Third bottom should be enough. But Cray Wanderers have, have got to be a little bit concerned, haven't they, Matt? I can. I, I checked that Friday, Sunday afternoon when they were playing on Sunday. and saw they got tongue 5-0. I thought, oh, blimey. Looked at the league table and thought mm, they've got problems here. Um, three games to go. I don't know how many points they need, but they need a win from somewhere. The, the new manager bounce hasn't worked with Neil Smith. Um, interesting times of what they can do, but yeah, I couldn't believe that. Who they got left to play? Have they got one of these teams left to play? Well, here's the thing. I've just been looking through. They play on they play on Friday. They play Enfield away, uh, fourth oh. place Enfield. Uh, but then they don't play till Wednesday because they can't play at home on Monday because of they they share. And they've got East Thurrock United at home on Wednesday. So if they win that, realistically, they could go above them. Uh, and then the final game of the season a week on Saturday, they're at Bishop Stortford. And we've just discussed Bishop Stortford don't concede many goals. So that game against East Thurrock, looming large, is 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 pretty massive for them. Yeah. Game. I'm sure the problem is everybody else will be playing those games, won't they, on Easter Easter Monday. And Cray will be thinking, oh, my God, watching other results in that might not go against them and knowing they have to beat East Thurrock. So, yeah, really difficult time for them. Neil Smith, Cray, what you don't want at the moment. Those minus three points with the ineligible player could really cause them all sorts of problems. But Neil Smith... An experienced manager, he need all his experience to get him out of this at the moment. Five 0 home defeat was not good on Sunday. No, it was not. Elsewhere, uh, Folkestone go to Leatherhead uh, on Saturday. Margate at home to Bowers and Pitsy, and then Folkestone play Margate uh, on Monday at the Fullix Cheriton Road, whatever you want to call it these days. But Folkestone against Margate, and that'll be a that'll be a big game uh, regardless. Uh, and we shall see how that plans out. But Folkestone, they're probably going to have to win. Most of their games, aren't they? Yeah. Although I, I see that on Monday, Chesson are home to Bishop Stortford. And, and do you know what, Matt? Bishop Stortford don't concede goals. No goals, yeah, but that's, you know, they're going to concede. Oh, do you know what? The first thing I'm going to look at this weekend is how Bishop Stortford get on. Because I, I love the fact they must be breaking some sort of record for not conceding goals. So crazy. And of course, uh, we, 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 we recording this on Tuesday night yep. uh, for, for a change. Uh, and uh, Margate do play their cup final uh, on Wednesday night. So massive good luck to Jay Saunders and everybody there. They play Horsham in the Velocity Trophy final. Uh, be nice to see them get the name on a cup. We did talk about it last week. Uh, when we weren't sure when we we're going to be recording, uh, but we will see how that one uh, pans out and, uh, and wish them massive good luck. We'll tweet out how they get on uh, and we'll discuss it on next week's show. That's pretty much all the football. We've gone on for a long time here. We've had yep. all sorts of dramas gone on. The door bells rung um we've we, i've had to go and get that at one point i had both cats in this room with me it's been riveting uh it's been it's been uh it's been good fun uh, anything else going on obviously looking forward to easter did, did you give anything uh, up for lent this year no 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 once well, so i gave up bread one time but i couldn't do it again i thought about giving <laughs> up crisps i love me crisps so i can't give up that so um no you should, do you know what you should have given up dover athletics yeah do you know what that probably Looking at the crowd on Saturday, mate, and a lot of people have given up. They are <laughs> the hardcore 
waving as they walked past the press box. It used to be at half time. I had a few people I could wave against past, but there's about three people I know. They just the same old sorry faces still going. So um, roll on August, I have to say. Um, yeah. No, apart from that, no, everything's back to work. Uh, Easter, it's supposed to be a nice weekend, wouldn't it? So I, what, what I did do the week last week, good satisfaction, I hosed down my um, patio and we did it with the power washers. Yeah. Oh, that's very therapeutic. Because you'd like to see the grime go off on that. That was therapeutic. That was a good way of stress relieving that. Sort of, like yeah, I mean, obviously, I have to pressure wash the balcony and pressure wash oh, the front of the B&B and everything. Uh, I do it once a year. I've, I've done the balcony. I did that a, a few weeks ago. Uh, I've sort of done half of the front. I've got more to yeah. do. And then, the, and then we do the backyard and do the driveway. And I, I love it because we share our driveway with next door. Um and I've pressure washed mine every year for the last three years and theirs has never been done. And you can tell they're just a completely yeah, yeah. different colour. It's amazing. Like yeah, when I, whenever I pressure wash it, I'm like, these tiles are red. It's like, they're, they're actually red. Who, who knew? Who knew? And then every, every year and then they end up grey again. Cause... But no, no, but once, once, cause I, did, I, did, I thought, oh, I forgot to turn the bloody machine on. I thought I stopped doing it. Turned it on. What a world of difference it makes. That was, I quite, I really, you know, my wife said, oh, you've done such a good job. You can make your own business out of that. It wouldn't be the most exciting business, but a therapeutic wise of spraying it and seeing it all clear down. You see, now I'm funny when it comes to cleaning stuff, because I would much rather clean something that is absolutely filthy because you get the satisfaction of seeing it go from like, you know, all these things where they're like, it goes like completely shiny from absolutely filthy. I've sometimes thought what would be a really good fun thing to do would be to like go and pressure wash all the road signs, you know, because some of them get absolutely filthy oh, yeah, and grimy yeah. and just pressure wash them all and watch them come up this sort of pristine <laughs> green, yeah. blue or white, depending on what road. Oh, what a, what a, t- I, this is we a football are podcast. Side, ben, look at us, look, we are, when, when we, we are middle age. Like us do, yeah. Power washing the drive is the highlight of your week. That's not good, is it? Power washing the drive and speaking to Matt Gerrard are the things that yeah. keep me going uh, all through this. We've prattled on for far, far too long. Thank yeah, yeah. you, everybody. Well, for well are you doing anything for Easter yourself? I was basically busy time. Working, yeah, busy. Try and get to some football um, over the weekend. Uh, I've got. I think I'm going to go to uh, Eastbourne Welling on Friday, uh, see how Welling are shaping up, um, and then a uh, bit of a loose end. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make anywhere Saturday or Monday because we've got people coming in the B&B, but we shall see how we go. I'm definitely going to try and get somewhere. Uh, if I can over the weekend, because making the most of being able to go to games of football uh, while we still can. And, and after the last couple of years, let's all enjoy it. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Non League Podcast. I'm at John Phipps81 on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, thank you to all of our guests for their time after their games this weekend. Uh, congratulations again uh, to Sheppy for winning the Kent Senior Trophy. And congratulations to Chatham. Uh, for securing their promotion at Alwyn Soddit. Do you know what? It's half past nine, Matt. I'm just going to check the scores in the scaffold uh, and I'm just going to hit refresh. And I'm going to say, because they're 1-0 up, massive congratulations to Stansfeld, who have won the Southern Counties East League First Division, barring some very, very late drama uh, in their game against Larkfield and New Hyde. So congratulations, everybody. Massive good luck to everybody who's got something riding on the game this weekend. And we will speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. I have to get my massive hose out, John.